This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, the podcast for those of us who rode the pine and something like that. I don't have the script in front of me. Um, so this is Dan. I'm here tonight with uh, a few friends. Um, if, as you remember, we are uh, officially kind of on a uh, vacation right now from recording, but um, I decided to stop by with a few friends tonight and we're going to ask each other some questions. We're going to all, all play together as as team. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce who I've got with me tonight. I have from the episode that had all of the all the tennis in it. There wasn't very much tennis in it, Gary. I was there. I have Gary Middleton. Gary, how you doing tonight? Doing well. How's everybody here? How are you? Doing, doing well. Doing well. Um, from my own trivia team and also from the great state of West Virginia, we have Scott Barber. Scott, you were on a show where you uh you ran the table on a UFC uh um something or other. Something or other UFC. You ran a table on it. Yeah. And uh I think you held the Benchwarmers record for a little bit. Well, now calm down. That was Wesley Wells and me held held that record as a team. So I was very, as I usually do, and you know this as being uh, a teammate of mine. I ride the coattails of the stronger partners that I'm with, and uh, usually cruise my way into record books thanks to them. But that's exactly what happened that day too. Well, we are not keeping score tonight, so this should be just, oh, just that's, fun. that's even better. This is I like this even better already. Why don't we do this more often? <laughs> All right, and we have newcomer to the show. Um, also, kind of kind of a teammate of mine. We play on a uh, the OQL um, team together when I play, which has been once this season. But we have Greg Zethner with us. Greg, how are you doing tonight? And welcome to the bench. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dan. I was about to take a sip of my uh, my bourbon there, and you let and you 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 stopped. So I'm I have to put my bourbon back down. Um, again, thank you guys for coming on tonight. Um, this is just going to be. Here's what we're going to do. I asked each of the uh, the players tonight to come up with five questions from their wheelhouse, whether it's just one particular wheelhouse or several wheelhouses. It doesn't matter. Just um, to to ask the rest of us. And so we'll be playing with a team of three. Um, so. When it's uh, Gary's questions, um, it'll be Greg and Scott and I and so on. Um, and then I have a, a series of 15 um, questions that are going to be a stream of consciousness where um, the, the answer or something revealed in the question is going to lead into the next question. Um, we'll do 15 of those. And then because it's my game, I also have a missing link. And we'll uh, we'll do that one. That'll be the last thing we do tonight. So uh, with all that uh, said, I think we just go ahead and start uh, start our questions. Anyone want to go first? Anyone's got their questions ready and want to want to shoot? I'll go first. All right. Whoever it was that said I'll go first. That was me. That was all right, Scott. Uh, yeah. I'd, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, just I'll ask one and then we go around and I'll ask the next one and we go around. You want to do it like that or you want to do it straightforward? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Scott yeah, will do one, then Greg, yeah. and, and then Gary, and we'll get Thank through you. all we'll get through all fifteen of those questions, and then whoever's not asking the question will um, work together to try and figure out the answer. Okay. 
All right. All right. I'll start off with a rather straightforward and, in my opinion, rather softball question, but just sort of like a warm up just to get the uh, ball rolling, so to speak. So, first question I have written is in the category of basketball, what member of the 1992 Dream Team is the only one of the 12 who played on that team that is not in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame individually? So, that would be Christian Leitner. Would it though? Because for basketball, you don't, I mean, it, I, it probably is, is what I'm going to start with, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be necessarily professional that you're, that you're in there for Okay. with, with, I mean, it's not NBA, it's, it's just basketball. But that being said, there is a college basketball hall of fame, which is probably where Leitner is. So all this to say that I think I agree with you, Greg. <laughs> I, I yeah. was thinking the same thing. So uh, if I had to vote, I'd certainly vote for that. All right. You're locking in with Christian Leitner. And while he is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame as part of the Dream Team, he is not in the Hall of Fame individually. Christian Leitner is correct. Cool. All right. I hate Christian Leitner. <laughs> I hate Christian Leitner, too. Actually, I don't hate Christian Leitner. I don't either, but it's just fun to say. And it's, it's a great documentary. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Greg next. Okay, so just to frame this, I'm originally from New York, I grew up in the 80s. In the early 80s, baseball was the sport my dad watched that I found boring. And then the 86 Mets came around. So they've been my team ever since. It's a difficult life. But all of my questions are, they're mostly generic baseball questions, but they're framed around the Mets. So you'll see that in all five questions. All right. Sounds good. Okay, and I'm not starting with the softball. I don't think any of these are true softballs, but there are some that vary in difficulty. It's because they're baseball. <laughs> Good point. So first question. The Dodgers and the Giants moved to California following the 1957 season. To fill the gap left in New York baseball, attorney William Shea led, led the effort to create what new league? It was formally, formally announced in 1959, but disbanded in 1960 when Major League Baseball agreed to expand and incorporate at least eight new teams. So I'm looking for the name of the league. Hmm. So it'd be something, of course, uh, it's not going to be American and National League, guys. So those have been incorporated way long before 59. So maybe something like it. Um, was was uh, there something called a Federal League at one point, possibly? That rings a bell. When there was, was that? that was very early. That's what it sounded that's, or felt that's like. That's what I thought, I too. I, I thought like you, Dan. I thought that the Federal League started – a while back but i could be wrong i'm thinking I, it's might probably some sort of a word to denote the nation or a unity I, or you know something like that instead of just right. east coast or you know something like that um what might be a term that would have worked for that continental was continental. that something? that is it gary that is, is it. that right yes is that right? when you i would is not have come up with that but when you said league? that that's it so it's Continental huh. Baseball League or Continental Baseball League, uh, I would guess. I, let's just say the Continental League and and go with that. Sounds good. I, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I go. I ride with Dan on this one. Good job, Gary, if it's right. Yeah, good job, Gary, coming up with that. It was Nailed Continental it. League. Love they it. Were, wow. Great job. Way to logic that one out, man. I think that? there were eight teams that were going to be part of the league and – Baseball, Major League Baseball eventually put teams in seven of those cities. Buffalo was the only one that never got a, a Major League team, but Toronto did play there the last couple of years. 
All right, we're going to move on to Gary's questions from Gary. What you what you got for us? All right. Well, I I prepared a mixed bag of sports because I didn't want to overwhelm anybody with too much tennis. Um, but uh, I could have followed up the Christian Leitner Leitner very well because I remember his famous shot while I was uh, bowling in our our weekly bowling league. Uh, everybody in the place went silent when it happened. But uh, so it. Uh, one of those things you definitely remember where you were when it happened so i'm going to start with a bowling question um this is uh there's no crying in bowling is the category and the question is a split is a situation in 10 pin bowling where the first ball knocks down the head pin but leaves two or more non-adjacent groups or one or more pin of one or more pins scoring a spare in these situations are of course more difficult than a non-split but the easiest of the splits to pick up are the two seven or the three ten, which are the pin numbers. Uh, and there's multiple ways to do this. Um, but this type of split is referred to as a Murphy or what other commonly known term for it. All right, fellas. And uh, this uh, I've, I've heard, I know that two on one side and two on the other is known as uh, bed sticks or Bed posts, bed posts, maybe. I think this is a baby split. Is this a baby split? That's what I remember from um, what was that bowling show that used to be on um, the uh, bowling for bowling for dollars. Bowling for dollars. That's yeah. exactly what the show. Yeah. They had to, they had to move down the lanes and pick up the 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 tougher setups every time they moved down a lane. And unless I'm either making that up or that was a regional thing, maybe I don't know. Well. I know that bed posts is a thing, but I thought bed. I thought before the question was asked that bed post was like a four seven and a six ten, and not the two three seven ten. Okay, I, I, baby split is a is is something for sure. Um, so to be fair, I said the two seven or the three ten. It's not mixing them up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I just went the I went with the numbers different, but yeah, it's like a. The, the two seven three ten versus the the six the okay not six four four seven uh, six ten is what I know is uh, okay posts. a little right. bit a little saying. bit bigger it's, of a split it's then. the next one yeah it's a it's a wider split but the okay. fact that it's called a Murphy I know there's a Murphy bed but a Murphy bed also doesn't doesn't have, have bed posts four legs doesn't have <laughs> four yeah that's the that's the trick about a Murphy bed. Um, I'm good with your answer, Dan, if you remember that. And I'm, I distinctly remember the other, the, the uh, bedposts being the, the back two on each side. Greg, you got anything for uh, I, I have nothing. I, have, I don't think I've ever watched bowling on TV. I've bowled a few times in my life, but I don't know the names of anything. Letting the best pass you by, I'm telling you right <laughs> now. Just uh, nonstop walled walks like all right, you want to go with a baby split? Is yeah, let's go. Said? Let's go with baby split. All right, let's lock it in. Let's go. All right, it's at least nonstop gutter to gutter excitement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as the category, there's no crying in baseball alluded it to. It is uh, the baby split. Nice uh, job. I've never heard that term before, Dan. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the the four six seven ten is known as the big four um now whether that's also bedposts i've heard of bedposts and i thought that might have just been the 710 but i i can't promise you that for sure i all right scott you're next 
Yo. All right, let's go a little harder on here and go directly into my wheelhouse with the UFC. Let's see how good you guys are with UFC questions. All right, we'll take, oh, coincidentally, we're recording this on December 10th. So this may be old news by the time this airs because uh, uh, according to the UFC's official online stat page, what current UFC lightweight champion has 17 finishes, the most in the history of the UFC, with 14 of them being submissions, also a record? This question may as well be name a UFC lightweight. And even that would be a difficult question for me, I think. I'll give you a hint. Can, it's not Conor McGregor. I can name... Well, darn, darn. It rules <laughs> me out, Austin. I can name one, and I don't know if he's current. Um, I know he was current, and like either retired or left, but I thought he came back. I don't know. And... There's no name, no way on God's green earth that I'm going to be able to pronounce his last name. But this is the guy that I'm thinking of is Khabib, the dude with the uh, the furry hat. Um, so there was a trivia question recently in one of my leagues, and I think is it Nurma Gurmadov? Is that Khabib? Yes, that's close. If that's it, if that's not it's, it, it's Nurma Gamadov. Technically, yes. Okay. I don't know if he fits this category. I don't know if he's still around, but that's just a name I know. He is a lightweight, and he was the champion at one point. I don't know if he's current. And I think the question that I heard was he was ranked the best pound-for-pound boxer. Gary, you got anything on this? I, this, is, this is an area that I know really nothing about. I would have I said Conor McGregor, and I didn't even know if he's UFC. I just knew he's not your typical boxing guy or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I uh, I can't help you. This Nurmaga Madoff, I figured was a relative of Bernie Madoff yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, are you okay with going with Khabib? Yeah. All right. Let's 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 go with that then, Scott. Tell us what the answer is. Well, Khabib was the lightweight champion. He retired. He did retire uh, undefeated, and was uh, uh, retired at the height of his career. Um, but uh, he is not the current lightweight champion. Uh, the current lightweight champion is Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira, also known as DeBronx. Uh, and the reason I said this may be a timing thing is because he literally is defending his title tomorrow, December 11th, uh, and may be the champion after mm -hmm. this airs and may not. So uh, e either way, uh, he has the most uh, finishes in the UFC in, and uh, the most submissions in UFC history as well. And this will be where future Dan will come in and tell you whether or not that is still true. <laughs> nice. This is future Dan, and yes, he did win with a finish and a submission. So just add one to each of those categories. All right, Greg, we're on to you. So question two, after William Shea tried to create this league, Major League Baseball added teams. One of those teams was the New York Mets, joined in 1962. They'd eventually play 45 seasons in a stadium bearing Shea's name, but they played their first two seasons in what other facility that broke ground in 1890. And for their first two seasons, they shared it with the AFL's New York Titans. 
I immediately, guys, I immediately want to say polo grounds. Talk me out of it. I, I'm not Man. talking you out of it. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That's what I was thinking too. So I would be silly to talk you out of something. I don't think it's Ebbets Field. No, no, it's not. I, I immediately think it's polo grounds, and that's the only two that make sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident it's the polo grounds. Yep. So say we all the old bathtub. All right. Yeah. So say we all. Yep. So say we all. Let's lock it in. That is correct. All right. Good deal. All right. Gary, we're up to you. All right. All right. This category is drats. It's darts. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. The, the numbers around a standard dartboard seem to be randomly allocated, which, which they kind of are, but it also seems that there's usually a low number adjacent to a high number of some sort. They don't have low next to low too often, high next to high. An example is the 20 is next to the one. So you have a 19 number separation between the two. The question is, what's the smallest number of separation for any two adjacent segments on a dartboard? That's a great question, man. This leads me, this one of the things I have said I need to do in life for trivia purposes is memorize that damn board because quirky little questions like this come up that are just often enough for me to, to think of it that way. Ah. All right. So pick a number between one and 18. No, no, no. Between, <laughs> between so essentially one the, and 10, probably at yeah. the, at the nine o'clock spot is the eleven. Okay. And one up from there is the 14. So there's three there. Okay. And actually right after the 14 is the nine and then the 12, which is also three. Okay. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing the way that the question was worded, unless there's two other ones that are a two, I, I think that I think that it's got to be three. To fit the wording, it's got to be three. Yeah. I like the logic. Greg, you got anything more to add? Yeah, no, I, I know the 20 was at the top. I used to play cricket a lot, so I remember like the 17 and 19 at the bottom, but that's – I can't remember anything really that was between them. That was, those are the ones I was targeting. So you want to go with three? Everybody good? Works for yeah, me. I, I think All that's right, – let's yeah. go. Lock it in. What we got, Gary? What's the answer? All right. Well, no – doubt about it you are all over it <laughs> wow <laughs> um yeah interesting the 11's kind of a common bond too you're it's exactly over at the nine o'clock spot the 14's above it but the eight's also below it so that's uh three separation oh, on wow. one side to the there 11. it is yeah you're right and, it is and but then the, uh, the nine and the 12 as well are uh, so that left side of the board if you're playing yeah. a game where you need a medium sort of a number aim for the left side they're all kind yeah. of in that same neighborhood yeah yeah uh, didn't even need ted lasso to answer that one so that's a good job <laughs> all right scott you're up all right let's uh go to baseball i hate to step on greg's toes with the baseball question but on august 4th 1982 joel youngblood became the only player ever to get a hit for two different teams in two different cities on the same day. Youngblood started the day as a Met and ended it as an Expo, and both of the teams were on the road. Youngblood's hits came off of two future Hall of Fame pitchers, one a Cub, 
the other a Philly, name both. So Cubs and Phillies in that time period who are Hall of Famers, Carlton. Ferguson, Ferguson Jenkins probably for the Cubs. Fergie Jenkins or maybe, I don't know if Rick Russell ever made it in, but I, I was kind of leaning toward Fergie on the Cubs side as well. Or I was going to say Lee Smith also. Ooh, yeah, I don't – I that could be. Depends on where maybe where he started the day and ended it because maybe I think he arrived mid-game in – Feels like he was a little later than '82 to me. I'm not sure of that. Yeah, that's possible too. I, I, yeah, I don't remember listening to him on the little portable radio on the school bus that I would listen to every Cub game on the way home. I'm just trying to run through other names who may have been on those teams. It's a little bit before my time. But Philly, what you said, you said what Carlton could be Carlton. It, it that it feels like a pretty nice pair as him and. Uh, Ferguson. I think it's. Je- I would go Jenkins and Carlton for this. Are we okay with that? With with Jenkins and Carlton. Yeah. All right. I certainly am. Yeah. All right. The only reason I didn't say name either is because Gary's here, and I knew his Cubs knowledge ran deep. But for Chicago Cubs, the pitcher was Ferguson Jenkins, and for the Phillies, Steve Carlton. Good job. Nice. nice All right. For, former twin. Steve Carlton. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question too. That I think he ended his career with them, right? He did. He did. Yeah. That's a good question. All right, uh, Greg. Okay, so 1962 Mets lost 120 games. Still a modern day record. I think there was a team in 1899 that lost more. But their lineup looked pretty good. They had two future Hall of Famers in Gil Hodges and Richie Ashburn, and five All Stars. Uh, Felix Mantilla, Charlie Neal, Frank Thomas, Gus Bell, and what third baseman who was a two-time All-Star in 1961 prior year. And just to give you a little more information, this player famously spent 65 years in Major League Baseball and is more closely associated with the Yankees. Oh, that leads me to the, the 65 years in Yankees. Is that Zimmer, maybe? Don Zimmer? playing at that point well uh, you know uh, uh, well i'm just saying 65 years is a long time and he was old when i remember him in the 2000s oh yeah Uh, he's always been old he 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 was (laughs) more old did he play was he a third baseman i don't remember what he was Uh, i'm just only going from the front age yeah i'm only going from like i'm just trying to to see if we can validate anything with that but uh if you picture him as most of us picture him. You you can't see him playing third base. You can see him getting hit well, by a line drive. I picture him getting. I, but I, you have to remember, I I picture him getting thrown down by the head by Pedro Martinez. Yeah. So that's how I picture him. I don't picture him as you know anything but the guy that <laughs> Pedro dumped on his head during a brawl. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm fine with Dodd Zimmer because there's going to be very few people who had a 65 year major league baseball career. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's go with, let's go. All with right. It. Let's go with it. Zimmer. It sure. is. Well, you and got Zimmer. It is. Correct. All right. Oh, nice Man. Good job guys. Good job. Nice pull there. The token right. old guy. Yeah. That's so. a, again, I worked from Pedro slinging in my head back and that's the only way I could get there. So. All right, we're going to move on to Gary. 
All right. This category is called five and a half yards of tennis greatness. Um, what left-handed tennis legend was the only player, male or female, to win a Grand Slam, which is all four majors, same calendar year, on two different occasions in singles? He has an arena named in his honor at the Grand Slam venue that's hosted by his home country. It's going to be Rod, 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 Rod Laver. Laver. Rod Laver. Yeah. Uh, that's um, Without the hint, I don't know that I get this, but with the hint, Rod Laver. I don't think it's Arthur Ashe, and I don't think it's uh, Roland Garros. Roland Garros. <laughs> Roland Garros is and a, I don't was think, a fighter uh, pilot, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. I don't think or, it's Wimbledon either. Or yeah, Wimbledon, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Rod Laver then. Are yeah, you Rod okay Laver with that? Is, yeah. um, Perfectly Greg? great with that. Yeah, I'm Greg? just trying to think of more of like those old time guys like Budge and Emerson, if it could be any of them, or Tilden. He said he, right? Yeah, he did say he. So not Margaret Court. That took and that took a uh, Steffi Graf out of it too. Yeah. Uh, immediately, even without uh, without the hint. But um, yeah, Rod Laver. That's my that's my final. Yeah, I have nothing really of confidence. So you guys sound pretty good. Okay. Right. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it is Rod Laver. Rod Laver Arena is down in. Uh, in melbourne at the australian open and a rod is a measurement it's five and a half five yards half. Oh, oh brilliant oh we should know with gary that the hints are going to be crucial man all right love it scott what do you have for us all right let's go to uh football american style um what legendary nfl hall of famer was named the Southern Conference Indoor Track and Field Freshman of the Year in 1997. He earned this honor after competing in exactly one meet, the Southern Conference Championships, where he broke the, his school's record for both the 55 and 200 meter races on the first day of the meet, then broke that new record on the second day. I have to recuse myself from this question because I've actually heard the story before from Scott. <laughs> so um, I'm going to recuse myself because I, I actually would have known it anyway, but uh, we'll. Uh, well, you can come in at the end. And, and, I'll come in at the end and, if you need yeah, to. Yeah, Come in at the end. If uh, these guys can't figure it out. See if y'all. Yeah. What out. was, did you give years? I, I there was a lot there. The, 97. The key, the key year there was 1997. That was when he earned. Southern Conference Indoor Track and Field Freshman of the Year. So I don't know this straight out, but I'm just trying to think of who were the fastest guys on the football field who could do that and then maybe fit right. the years. It, exactly. And he's a Hall of Famer, so he's been retired for a, enough years to qualify for that. So I'm going to drop a small hint on you here. It's Where you're going with that, Greg, is, is exactly what you want to do, but you want to add one little layer to it that would have been in a position where he would have only won, only run one meet, not a track athlete, just that kind of personality. Okay. Cause yeah, I was going to, the first two guys that came to mind are Ocho Cinco and Terrell Owens. So the personality side, I feel like fits with them. I was also thinking maybe like Darren Sproles, but I don't think he's a hall of famer. Uh, Reggie Bush seems like he wouldn't be a track guy, really. Yeah, he wouldn't have been. He wasn't a Southern Conference. I at least know that much. The other hint I would give you is that I, the reason I know this, not just because of Scott, but because also one of my favorite 
wide receivers of all time. Oh, okay. Very on this show, I'm very, very famously a Vikings fan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I obviously two good receivers there. You got Chris Carter, but I don't think we're in the right time frame for. And he went to the Ohio State University. Chris Carter, and then you've got Randy Moss, and I, why was I thinking he went to? Is it Marshall? Am I losing my mind? Which would fit in with a Scott question. But that is that a Southern Conference? Like, I, unless it's one of those weird things. And does '97 fit Moss? I feel like he was a little earlier, or maybe I, I could be wrong. I agree. Is there somebody else I'm forgetting up there in that neck? Adrian of the Peterson came later, and he wasn't a wide receiver, right? Right. Yeah, you can tell I'm not a football guy. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about any of those, any of those names, but uh, I'm not digging out another good one. This is going to be obvious when we hear it too. Yeah. So Moss, I, I guess sounds like it fits well. I guess it's possible that works. That, that, that'd be my best guess, even though I'm not horribly crazy about it. Well, do you think Chris Carter is a better guess? No, he'd be earlier. He'd okay. be earlier. Okay, it sounds like we're on Moss then. 1998 was uh, Randy Moss's rookie year, the year that the Vikings won 15 and went 15 and one and lost to the. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Is that because of a kicker? Yes. Yeah, I recall we don't that. talk about him. Damn Gary. <laughs> yeah, that guy gives you all a bad name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, from my alma mater, Marshall University, the answer is Randy Moss. Mm -hmm. the uh, The story is is uh, one of the um, coaches for the track team said to tell got word to Randy Moss's coaches to tell him we want to uh, expand on the legend of Randy Moss. So Moss shows up on the Monday before the Southern Conference Championship track meets, learns how to get out of the blocks because he hadn't run track since high school goes to the Southern. They didn't even know if he was going to run or not. And as the bus is warming up, he comes out of the facilities building with a bag ready to go, goes to Chattanooga to run for the championships, breaks the school record in both events on Friday, runs again on Saturday and breaks that record. The next day wins the Southern conference championship for Marshall wins freshman of the year and never runs track again, qualified for NCAA tournament or NCAA championships and never ran and just came in, killed everybody, walked out. All right. We're going over to Greg. Okay. So I mentioned the 62 Mets had uh, hall of famers, two of them on their opening day lineup. And in their first four seasons, they ended up featuring several other hall of famers, three of them in total. So I'll give you some stats on these Hall of Famers and see if you can name two of them. So they are an 18-time All-Star and three-time MVP who was inducted in 1972, a 363-game winner who was inducted in 1973, and an eight-time All-Star who hit 408 home runs and was inducted in 1980. So those are the three All-Stars they had before Seaver and Ryan and some other guys. So can you name two of those three players? Gosh. All right. 363 I, uh, games, a lot of games. That's a lot of games, right? Is, I is mean, that's more early? than 
that's more than like Greg. I think the Greg Maddox level of wins right there. That's a is lot it, of it, wins. Yeah, is it too early for a Tom Seaver? Yes. So this is yes. before Nolan Ryan and Tom yes. Seaver. In yes. the okay. 80s. When was the pitcher inducted? 1973. So that okay. puts him retiring at like uh, 66. 363 wins, I think. I think that's Warren Spawn. I can live with that. Spawn insane and Brave Rain, Warren Spawn, yeah. Yeah. Former former Brave, right? Yes. Yeah. Um I can live with that. Okay, that is correct. I'll tell you that. Warren Spawn okay, good. had 363 wins. I think it's eighth all time. And it might be the most for a lefty. I'm not certain that's, about that. That's that's a great pull, Dan. Um hmm. okay, so let's concentrate on the 18 time, three time MVP. Okay. Wow. It wouldn't be Mays, would it? Would Mays? Yeah, that's got to be Mays. That's got to be Will Did Mays, he right? end his career or go there? I, 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 I don't know, old, I don't know but it sounds guys. like something because I know he faded out and I know that he – I want to say he Mets, yeah. That, that rings a bell. Um, him playing with the Mets does ring a bell. Yeah, it seems like he <laughs> finished his career with the Mets. Yeah. I think I have a line on the other guy too, kind of actually. Yeah. I think you're oh, right you with got... Willie Mays. I think you're right okay. with Willie Mays. I think the other guy, just from that home run total, I think that might be Duke Snyder. Oh. Okay. Well, let's go with Willie Mays and uh, see if Duke Snyder's right too. So let's say Mays and see. We'll say Mays. We'll say Mays and, and Spawn for our two answers. Oh, yep. and then... Willie yeah. Warren and the Duke? Is it? Nah. <laughs> so Spawn was correct. Uh-huh. Duke Snyder was correct, which you guys oh, didn't name one of your two. Crap. Mays played for the Mets in 73. Mm. So he was not in their first few seasons. Okay. But this is a player who, again, spent most of his career with the Yankees, would later manage the Mets, uh, Yogi Berra. Oh, Yogi oh, Berra. What are we talking about? Wow, Yogi Berra. <laughs> three-time Berra, MVP. I, I should have had it from three-time MVP, too. That's, I think he, oh, he played like four games for the Mets in 1965 and that was Gosh. it that's a great question yeah <laughs> I, that's a great one yeah well we made a boo-boo on that one Yogi yeah all right for that Gary you get to ask the next question okay uh-huh. all right golf is for the birds is our category oh, Larry Bird gosh. guys here we go Leary terminology Boo. for golf scores on individual holes that are lower than par seem very often to have avian related terms for them an example being a birdie is one under par the rarest of the rare would be four under par which is a hole in one on a par five as well um, uses what bird for its terminology um, and not just adding double or triple to one of the other bird names it's got its own unique bird um, note that you can achieve this on any golf course, not just Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines. I think it's an no. albatross. No, 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 no. Is yeah. it not no. an albatross? No, that's the one high. That's one, one lower. No, but what he just said, what, what two courses did you say? Those, those are California courses. Torrey Pines yeah. is about a mile that yep. way. Yep. So maybe a, cal- a condor. It's a condor. A yep. condor. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Condor. Let's go with that. It is the condor. Yeah, Good absolutely. job. 
well picked up. <laughs> Excellent. Good job. Yeah, All I was right. locked in on albatross and. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking double albatross when he said four. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But then that ruled that out, and I was like, maybe I'm just misremembering it. Okay. Yeah, I think they will call that double albatross sometimes as well. But yeah, you hear of albatross once in a while. But I mean, how often is somebody getting a hole in one and a par five? I'm shocked Not they even often. had a name for it. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so I think we're on our last time around right now. Is that right? Sounds good. Yes. All right. So uh, Scott, lay us uh, lay your uh, last one on us. All right. So I've got a uh, professional wrestling question, and I can either go G-rated or PG-13 rated. You guys pick. I'm doing the edit, so um... <laughs> I can I can give you the PG-13 one uh, later if uh, you want to just cut it out. Do the G for now. Let's do the G for now. All right. In November of 2021, the Guinness Book of World Records recognized two WWE superstars as having appeared in more pay-per-view events than any other. One record for males with 177 appearances and one for females with 68 appearances. Both superstars are third-generation professional wrestlers and both made their wrestling debuts in the year 2000. Name either one. I can name them both. So. Oh, World Wildlife Fund, is that it? Yes, but, well, that's the WWF. This is the WWE. Yeah, then I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I can name them both. I thought I might have had something there with The Undertaker. I know he's got some records, but that he doesn't fit the last part of that. So, Dan, you... you All right, Dan, I think hit I, us I'm with pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I should say I know one cold, and the other one I'm pretty sure. I think, I think the male is... Uh, Randall Keith Orton, uh, Randy Orton, and the the female I know for sure because I follow her on Instagram and she posted something about it, and that would be um, Natalia or um, Natalia Neidhart. Well, you got them both, RKO, Randy Orton, and mm. Natalia. Those are your two superstars. Nice. All right, uh, moving on to uh, Greg for your final question. Okay, my final question, it follows a similar theme. It's going to relate to the early Mets, except this time it's not the guys who were on the field for the team. Their coaching staff was also loaded with Hall of Famers on opening day in 1962. You mentioned Casey Stengel earlier. He was a nine-time World Series champion who was inducted in 1966. They, they had a pitching coach who was also in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 66 as well. He won 273 games for the Red Sox and Yankees. The other Hall of Famer on their staff was their third base coach, a 1942 inductee who batted 358 for his career and had 2,930 hits. Name either coach. Well, the other, the, the second one's Rogers Hornsby. That's got to be right. Yeah, that's got to be right. I can't think who the first one be, though. Mm, can't pull it, but uh, I'm with you on Rogers Hornsby, though. As soon as I heard it, it sounded mm -hmm. right. Yeah, from those right. stats... From those stats, it has to be Rogers Hornsby. I think most people don't realize that he was a Mets coach. So that's that why is that's interesting. Question. Interesting. Good question there. I, I don't know who the who the pitching coach. Okay, was. so who's the pitcher, Greg? The 273 wins for the Red Sox and Yankees was Red Ruffing. Oh, I would have never pulled that. Ooh. Red Ruffing, really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I never would have pulled that. He, he was like, I didn't realize he had 277 wins. <laughs> he pitched in the 20s. No, I 
There's another guy with a similar name that was with the Yankees then. I don't think it was Red Ruffing, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he pitched in the 20s, yeah. Because I think Ruffing was part of those teams with Farah and DeMaggio. Yeah, I thought he was in the 50s teams, yeah. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I swear I'm thinking of a guy named Red Ruffing. That, so Red Sox and a Yankee. I will look right now. I'm just going to pick pull up 27 Yankees and try to see if I could find their pitching staff because I feel like there was someone with a similar name that I used to confuse. And it wasn't on the 27 team. I can look into it and get back to you. Offline. No, I got it. I got it. It was him. Um, oh. He pitched for the Red Sox until 1930, from 24 to 30, and then was with the Yankees from 30 to 42, and then after the war from 45 to 46, and then with the White Sox in 46. Wow. Okay. So he was a lot later as well. Wow, that was early with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he pitched, I thought he pitched in the 40s and 50s, but I guess not. Wow. Yeah, I was totally wrong. So I, I did the research on the Hall of Fame part, but not on his actual career. All right, Gary. What's your All final right. question. All right. This this one was directly an honor. I, I recently just took a trip to uh, Rhode Island, and in Newport, Rhode Island, is the Tennis Hall of Fame, the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So it was mm. kind of neat to get a chance to actually see that. Never thought I would. So the category here is Court Legends in Tennis. And the question is, most of the members that have been inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame have been from the United States. 103 to be exact as of the year 2020 which country has the second most members that have been inducted with 31 so the category was court legends is that going to be a reference to margaret court and maybe her country i could be oh my goodness it could be uh that would be very gary and very clever uh but we've already had an australia question with rod labor that's the only reason i'm hesitant on that one Although Australia seems to fit too, that would probably be the first place I'd go other than the UK. Yes, yeah. Australia. Um, I mean, there's a reason that they have a an open there, right? Fair point. It's a fair point. And we know that England and uh, I, I can't think of a lot of French legends. Uh, can't think of a lot of English legends, British yeah. legends. Um yeah, UK definitely isn't as represented today as they were a long time. You know what? I like it. Let's go Australia. I'm happy to go with it. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And Court Legends was absolutely an intentional reference oh. to Margaret Court. <laughs> Very good. Only good took job. us five questions to catch on, but good we did pick it. Up. Yeah, I'm given too many clues now. But uh, third place in that list behind the 31 of Australia is the UK. So you're all over the top three and they had 20, have 20, I guess. Nice. Very good. Very good. Australia made a lot of sense right away. And I think the only reason we hesitated is because that was the second Australia tennis question. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, exactly it. I I had a few to pick from. That was the one I wanted to give next, or I could have avoided that problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I've got a a series of questions here, and um, I'm trying not to make them too incredibly hard, but uh, we'll see how they go. Um, But like I said, each of these questions, you're not going to be able to reverse engineer this because each of the questions that follows the one that you're hearing is going to have something to do with the one before it. So you're not going to be able to, um, you know, do the reverse engineering on that. But 
Um, so here we go. We're going to start with, um, and I tried to get a lot of different sports in here. We'll see how, how well I did. Question number one is actually in the category of the CFL. There are nine defunct Canadian football teams, not including two that never actually began play in the league. And two of these teams were from Canada and both were from the same city a city that hosts a current CFL franchise name this city that is currently home to the red blacks. Yeah. I think this is Ottawa, isn't it? That makes sense. Uh, Hamilton's tiger cats. Uh, Edmonton is, I think is, uh, is that rough riders? Edmonton is Edmonton is now the owls, by the way. Oh, that's right. They changed the owls. They were they, the, they were the Eskimos, and, and then the for that's one right. season they were the football team. That's <laughs> right, the Eskimo owls. I remember that now. Um, yeah, my only concern is confusing hockey with um, with uh, this, but I, I was thinking Red Blacks even before he said it for Ottawa. Yeah, I, like I know it. they had the sixty sevens yeah. in hockey, so I think. Yeah, I like it. Ottawa. Let's go. Let's go with that then. Let's go with the uh, Red Blacks of Ottawa. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Okay. All right. The, uh, the two teams that were defunct from this city were the Renegades and the Rough Riders, and that is Ottawa. Nice. Job. All right. Speaking of defunct teams, this ABA team started as the Houston Mavericks and later became the Carolina Cougars before folding when the NBA claimed all but two of the ABA franchises. This team would employ the likes of Moses Malone, Don Chaney, and Bob Costas. So you're wanting the defunct team? I want the defunct team. Was it was uh, the Houston Mavericks, and it also was the Charlotte. It was also the Carolina Cougars. They played in Green Greensboro. Carolina Cougars, (laughs) and you're saying where did they land? Where did they land? What was the name of the team that folded? So they had a a city after Carolina. And that was the end of the line for them. Yeah. Okay. AB 18, it wasn't picked up by the NBA. And there, there were only two. two. There were only two that weren't. Only two Gosh, of those. that's tough. I think there was one in St. Louis, wasn't there? Was there, there a St. Louis team? There was definitely something in St. Louis. And I don't remember them ever making the uh, NBA. No. I remember the St. Louis Hawks was an NBA team, but that was pre-ABA. And, I think that something, became the Atlanta Hawks. and they became the yeah they became the Hawks too, but was there something in like Cleveland area possibly Barons or the, did they get picked up? Weren't the Cleveland Barons a hockey team that went? To yeah, fall? I think I See, thought they I, were. Yeah, I thought that's that sounds right, Greg. It's possible. I'm getting my yeah. I think that's the last major professional team to, to default. Yeah, St. Louis actually was the first name that popped into my head, but I really have very little to go on. Can we say? Can we just say St. Louis and and carry on down? Can we just say the city name? I'd be fine with that. All right, let's go St. Louis. What's the answer, Dan? All right. Well, the two teams that did not make it into the NBA were the uh, Kentucky Colonels. Oh yes. Oh wow. And yeah. the Spirits of St. Louis. Spirits of St. Louis. There it is. Good job, fellas. Nice. And Bob Costas was there. Um, Took a flyer on that. Eh? was Ah, one of their announcers ah, 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 ah. ah, speaking ah, of st louis the st louis arena 
the home of the St. Louis Blues from 1967 to 1994, was purchased by Ralston Purina in 1977 and rechristened the arena with this name that stuck for six years before reverting to its original name. Checkerdome. That sounds right. That makes perfect sense with Purina, the checkered logo. And you'd know before any of us would, Gary, you're from the area. So sort of, sort of kind of, I just closer than West Virginia and San Diego. Let's put it that way. That's that's true. I remember from listening to the old Blackhawk games when they'd go there. I'm pretty sure it was the checker dome, I think. That that rings a bell for me. Yeah. So could have been the checker arena or something like that. I think you're right. Checker dome sounds right. All right. Let's go with that, Dan. What do you got? Correct answer is the checker dome. Nice. Nice very old arena that actually did have a dome structure to it so um it wasn't just a fancy name good job gary will king you on that one i love it nice speaking speaking of domes the 12th largest dome stadium in the world and fourth largest outside of the united states currently has no teams that call it home what is the name of this 48 year old venue that's got to be the montreal Right, it's got to be. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Olympic Stadium. Stadium Olympique in yeah. Montreal. Olympic Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Forty-eight that was, years. That was, yeah. And that fit forty-eight years sounds right around about, their right. Olympics time. Yeah, seventy-two. Uh, seventy-two is seventy-six. Seventy-six. Yeah, so it would have been built beforehand. Yeah, seventy-three-ish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 right. that sounds, that's a great guess. All right, Olympic Stadium, Dan. What you got? Yeah, that's. That is the correct answer. Olympic Stadium right. in Montreal. Very good. You guys are nice. rolling through these questions. And surprisingly, the team that the Expos, the Expos played in Olympic Stadium, but they played in Jerry Park before yeah. that. Still standing. It's a tennis stadium now. I went to a tennis tournament in Montreal hmm. and got to set foot in Jerry Park. Never in my wildest dreams that I think I would say that. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never even yeah. heard of Jerry Park. That's yeah. interesting. I know during Mets games, they would talk about when they used to have to go to games there, like in the early spring and there was still snow on the ground. Huh. I almost got run over in a golf cart by Roger Federer that day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that, there's a story. That sounds like a great story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm uh, literally all these people are starting to form a line and they had the players were being shuttled to their courts and everybody knew Federer was coming. So they're forming this line with a, with a path between it. And of course I'm standing right there and I get my cell phone out and I start to record and I hit the record button and I get him coming at me and he just barely misses me. I was kind of close, I guess. And uh, then after he goes by, I hit the button to stop it and realize it was started. The video was started when I turned it on. So I actually stopped it during the entire progression of him coming at me. So so it it would have been interesting if, watching him try to mow me down there <laughs> but uh, all i got was my feet after i turned it back on that's classic yeah holiday right. recording skill speaking of the olympics 1924 was the first year that the winter olympics were held and the same nation hosted both the winter and summer games that year name this country and for bonus points name the two cities well, I'm I thinking France. Yeah, I think, I think Paris it's Chamonix. Paris was... Is Chamonix the first winter? 
That, that would like Paris, Paris would be the obvious. Yeah. For some. Paris 24 sounds believable. Yeah, that sounds right. For some reason, the name Grenoble is also in my head. Was that Ooh. Paris? Uh, sorry, France. Um, that was among another early one for sure. That's there's definitely a possibility of that being the first one. Yeah, Paris Paris also, was the first thing that came to my head, though. I know Paris also had the games in 1900. Yeah, uh, but I think they also had them in 24. Um, yeah, because they're when they host in 24, they're hosting, I think, in three years, right? And that'll be the third time hosting. Yes, yes, yeah, it's a long gap, yeah, yeah. Yeah, longer than the first one, that's for sure. Yeah, the the just a, a side note on that, the Olympic medals in the 1900 Olympics were square. So if, uh, if you ever get asked a question about square medals, that's the 1900 Olympics. Interesting. All right. And if the one coming up is the 24 that they're going to be hosting, which I think it is, and this was 1924. Any chance they gave him a little hundred years? Oh, that's a nice, that's yeah, a, big, a nice parallel there. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I'm giving away the answer, yes, the answer is France. And yeah. um, you were right. It is Chamonix and Paris. Okay. Good job. Good job. I, I wouldn't have bulled Chamonix at all. So good job. All right. Speaking of France, what does the waving of the white flag indicate in auto racing? <laughs> that's a nice, that's a nice. That's funny. Oh, that's good. Uh, it's the it's the last lap. Yeah, last lap is the white flag. Yep, anybody uh, anybody know anything different about racing than I do? Or um, yeah, I know they have different color flags. <laughs> you know, the checkered flag. I think checkered the flag's flag is the final yeah. flag. Um, uh, yellow flag is a caution flag. Caution red flag. red flag is for pointing out a specific racer that they're disqualified. That's right. a black flag. That's a black flag. I'm sorry, black flag. Red flag is uh, danger. Stop the race. Like everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stop the race. Yeah. Stop. So not it, it's and white's feeling pretty good. White so. is last lap. Yep. Yeah. And yep. Um, a green, white checkered finish is when they restart the race. That's exactly on the right. second to the last lap. And then that's yeah. and start with the green. specifically in NASCAR. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, yes, you are right. It is the yep. it means the final lap of the race has begun. Very good. All right. Speaking of final laps, during the faithful, fateful final lap of 2001's Daytona 500, Dale Earnhardt suffered a fatal crash while blocking for two cars from the team that he owned but was not driving for. Who were the two drivers of the Dale Earnhardt Incorporated cars that were fin that finished first and second place in the race? You want, you want both of them. I want both of them. Damn. I think I have both of them. So okay. His son was one of them, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. Okay. And I remember, I don't watch a lot of auto racing, but I remember being at a family event and everybody was watching this and Daryl Waltrip was calling and rooting for his brother, Michael, was the other car. That's exactly right. That's exactly wow. right. I, I knew um, Michael Waltrip and I was kicking in my head whether junior was the other driver or not but for sure michael waltrip won and uh i like the answer of junior is the second yeah i think because he was racing one, two, for dei three. yeah they were one two three coming around the final were, turn yeah, and you could were, senior was third and he just kind of came off the gas to kind of hold everybody else back and like right, he blocked. yeah he was blocked yeah I, I didn't realize he had done that i i 
don't watch too many races either, but I did see that one and I had never heard that he was uh, blocking I, for him. <laughs> if I recall, they were on his team, but he wasn't racing for his team. He was still That's racing right. for another team. Yeah, right? he owned DEI. Yeah. But he raced for he raced for Childress. He raced yeah. for RCR. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about auto racing, but I remember watching that. It was a, I think a family member had passed away. Yeah, I would have, that would have been my guess absent of knowing it, but I was trying to figure out if, uh, if those were the two, but both of those ran DEI that year and Waltrip did win that year. So uh, I like it. Let's go with it. There you go. The correct answer is Michael Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Very good. Good job. Nice. Speaking of fathers and sons, in 2001, after being traded to Baltimore from the Expos, which baseball Hall of Famer shared the field with his son, who was named for him for the final week of the season? That's senior and junior, uh, Cal Ripken, right? Um, wait, can you give me the year again? 2001, after being traded to Baltimore from the Expos. Uh, it wouldn't work. I, 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 is this Tim Raines? No. Oh. Hold on, is it Baltimore. the lose? Oh, I was backwards. Yeah, I was I was backwards too. Uh, traded to the Expos. Would it maybe be the lose? Let me no, read no, it one it more time. It went from from Montreal to Baltimore, right? Okay. To Baltimore from the Expos. Yeah. Okay. Um, in 01, and he got to play with his father in Baltimore. Then, if I have that right, I'm still thinking Tim Raines. Okay. I, a, I, I don't I remember he had a father that played. Ooh. Well, I think his son, I, huh. I don't think his son was a it's star, possible. but I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Um, and he was on, this was it. He was with the yeah, Yankees in the late nineties. And then he went to, I want to say he went to the Orioles at the end of his career. And maybe his yeah. son was with the Expos. I, and got traded. Yeah. I didn't catch the years of the game. It's way too late for Cal Ripkins to have done it. Um, yeah, because his father yeah. managed him in the 90s. Right, right, right. Um, or 80s, even. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm good with Tim Raines. Yes, the answer is Tim Raines Sr., who good played job. with Tim Raines Jr. In, uh, in Baltimore uh -huh, when he solid. played there in the last, uh, the last week of the 2001 season. Very good. Speaking of Reigns, Country House was declared the winner of the 2019 Kentucky Derby after which other horse was disqualified for interference? Oh, we just had this a, question in OPL. Is that American Spirit? Or? No, I think that was this year was Medina Spirit. Or Medina but, Spirit. Well, Medina this, Spirit just, just died. died. Yeah, yeah. just died this oh. week. Yeah. Um, but American I want to say there was attack. maximum security. Maximum security reigns. Speaking of, okay, well, it's probably R-E-I-G-N reigns. Um, yeah, the horse reigns, yeah. Um, maximum security sounds or familiar. In this race. Um, maximum security, American American Pharaoh was a triple crown winner. Mm -hmm. uh, maximum like, security sounds I right. Like, yeah, I, I think I remember hearing some sort of a side clue for that about locked up or you know something. So yeah, that, that was that our name well question. Yeah, exactly. That it was oh yeah, you know what the question was? How they joked about country house was kind of the opposite of where this horse was kind of exactly thing. exactly so that that seems a fit now so, nice. so maximum security 
good memory. Okay. It takes me five or six misses until I remember. I must have like been. I, I wasn't there for that OQL game. I must have uh, must have been absent on that one. So um, let's go maximum security. Now. Your correct answer is maximum security. <laughs> nice, good job, good job, Greg. All right. Speaking of maximum security, this rookie of the year and two-time Gold Glove winner and mayor of San Cristobal, Dominican Republic, was sentenced to eight years in prison in 2017 for corruption and the mishandling of public funds. If he's the mayor in 2017, then he's probably been out of the game for a bit. Is that, uh, did he say 2017? I missed the year. The, 2017 was the year of the, the okay. either the arrest or the... Got the, it. Yeah. I'll give you this. Um, Scott's right. He was out of the game for a little while. He was rookie of the year in the nineties. If that helps you at all. Okay. What, uh, when I think rookie rookies of the year, I think Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they had like four had or five like in the eighties and then again nineties. Yeah. yeah. Piazza, Caros. I mean, Valenzuela. Valenzuela. <laughs> he was Mexico. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm assuming this is a native Dominican that we're talking about. I don't yeah. know if they can. I suppose you could maybe be a mayor without being native. But... Nomo was rookie year in 95. Okay. No 94. I don't think there was a 94 award. Uh... Oh, they didn't give awards out in 94? Well, they, I know they had the strike. I don't know yeah. if they gave awards or not. Okay. Um, oh wait a minute! What about uh? What about Levon Hernandez? Was Levon Hernandez from the DR Cuba. or was he Cuban? Okay, him and his brother were Cuban. I remember he was hot. I don't remember if he was a rookie of the year though. Um, gonna have to have you guys uh, wrap. This all right, up. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just uh mail it in and see what 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 you got, Dan. What's the answer? That's, that's too bad. You guys were on such a roll too. Um, well, you were, you were right. It was in the, the, uh, Dodgers five in a row that this one happened. Um, they went with, uh, in, uh, 92, Eric Karros, 93, Mike Piazza. They did give a reward out in 94, which okay. was, which was our guy, but 95 okay. <laughs> was Hideo Nomo and 96 yeah. was Todd Hollinsworth. We're looking for Raul Mondesi. Mondesi. Oh, of course. Raul Mondesi. I didn't realize he was from DR. Okay. Interesting. Yep, Raul Mondesi. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Speaking of politicians, this quarterback and AFL MVP was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under George H.W. Bush. AFL quarterback... Sheriff Housing under w. I left I off know, the last under... part of the question. If you want the last part of the question, I'll give it to you, but I thought I'd give it to you this way first. AFL MVP. So it's pre like 1968, nine, three, uh, what, uh, six, sure. which, whichever year the, that it's uh, the Jets were the, the winners of the first. Yeah, NFL. that would have been like 69 the third Super Bowl. I was going to say the yeah. first two Super Bowls were still NFL, AFL. Right, right? that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the Jets would have been three. I think you're right. I think it was 68-69. Yeah, I think the Mets that's, and the Jets won the first year. That so it's, right, right. Makes sense. So uh, pre-68, AFL MVPs at quarterback. Goodness Unitas? Uh, what about uh, – No, 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 no. Who's – 
Who's the uh, who was the quarterback for uh, uh, was Lynn Dawson maybe? Uh, for the KC, yeah. By Jack Kemp. Was Jack not Kemp a, a not a quarterback though? Is he a no. quarterback? I don't I know. Think he was so. a politician, and I think he was a football player, right? Right. I okay. feel like he was a different position, though. I don't think he's a QB. Okay. All right. Let's hear the rest of the question, Dan. Please. Yeah. All right. Speaking of politicians, this quarterback and AFL MVP was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under George H.W. Bush before running on the 1996 GOP presidential ticket. I think that is Kemp, right? Yeah. Dole Kemp. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, and wow. that kind of fits the news right now, too, maybe. Yeah, because Dole died. Right. Okay. Yeah, Jack Kemp. Let's go with it. It is huh. Jack Kemp. Good job, wow. Gary. Should have listened to you, man. Yeah. Um, Johnny Unitas played in the NFL. Um, the Colts were Colts were NFL before they moved to the AFC. Speaking of George Bush, ah. W stepped onto the mound as president of the United States for a World Series ceremonial first pitch and threw a strike right down the middle of the plate. Name the two teams that participated in this game, and bonus points during which game of the series did he make this appearance? So this was the 2001, yeah, it was the 2001 post 9-11 series. It was the yes. Diamondbacks and Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Yes. Uh, the Yankees won all three games at the stadium and lost yes. all four in Arizona, so this was, I think, game three. It'd have to be three, four, or five, and I think it was the first game back. I think it was game three. Yeah, and that's where Derek Jeter famously told him, don't bounce it, they'll boo you. Right, mm. right. And, and he, had to, he, he had to pitch a strike with full flak jacket underneath the jacket. Yeah. From yeah. the mound, mind you. From the mound, yeah. from the top of the mound, perfect strike. It's the yeah. best ceremonial first pitch ever. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and it was the Yankees and Diamondbacks in game three. Nice job. Speaking of game three, game three of the 1951 National League tiebreaker series ended with a walk-off home run from which player? Bobby Robert Thompson. Thompson. Bobby yeah. Thompson. The, 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 world. the Giants win the pennant. The yeah. Giants win the pennant. Yeah, Bobby Thompson. Yeah, that was uh, that was a very uh, – didn't take me by surprise that you all got that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the question was a fastball down the middle, and we yep. knocked it out of the park. So it was a three-game tiebreaker back then. It was, yep. That's interesting. Speaking of the shot heard around the world, Lexington, Kentucky, not Massachusetts, is home to the University of Kentucky. The Wildcat football team plays its home games at which stadium that was named for a Cincinnati-based chain, the largest of its category in the United States? Well, that Kroger. Is it is Kroger? It, is it Kroger? Oh, I thought it was Kroger. I know yeah. they're based out of Cincinnati. That sounds yeah. right. Though. And it would make perfect sense. They're big here in West Virginia. Kroger is. So. And I mean, it's not it's not the Kroger name, but they they own right half the stores right. out here as well. And they they merged yeah. with someone else recently. I think to become the biggest. Sounds good. Let's go Kroger. Let's go Krogering, Dan. The correct answer is Kroger. Very good. Very good. Um, finally, speaking of naming rights, Raymond James Stadium, named after Raymond James Financial, was home to which now defunct MLS team from 1999 to 2002? Oh, MLS. So Raymond James is uh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, the t- oh. What would a Tampa? What was the years? Oh, 9902 or something like that? 
99 to 02 was the were the years that Raymond James Stadium was the home to this team. Oh, got it. Well, I know they had... less than nothing about them. And you said it was a defunct team. Yes. Now defunct. Yes. Oh, I trying to remember. Tampa definitely had a team in the old NASL in the early 80s. Did that carry through the same team all the way? Um, I knew those teams at one time. Was that the indoor league that Pele played in? It was outdoor. It, it was, was an outdoor league. league. It was, yeah. I, I think they had a might have had mm-hmm. an indoor version. I just know the Sting played in both. But played in the, for the New York Cosmos. Yeah, that part I knew. Uh-huh. Um, the Tampa Bay, not the Bandits. That was that was. I was gonna the say there's football. not even a theme with Tampa teams that you can really. Oh, I think if we hit on it, I'd remember if it was that same team and they didn't just form some new name. The, okay, let's let's talk about Tampa teams. You got the Buccaneers. You got the, the Lightning. You got the, the Lightning. Rays. You've got the Rays. The Devil Rays. Mutiny. I'll go with Gary. You say anything, and I'm going with it. Man. <laughs> Mutiny seems to come to mind, which is Dead just absolutely ass, crazy. If that's it, which would be funny with the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Mutiny. Exactly. Be, yeah, exactly. Be a nice pairing, but. Something, something about that. I'd, I'd give that a slight chance. But I'll go with anything you say, man. You're the boss on this one. All right. it. We're doing it. We're pulling a mutiny. All right. The name of the team was the Tampa Bay Mutiny. Wow. Real, yeah. Nice, Gary. nice pull, wow. Gary. Wow, that Gary. hurt a little. <laughs> wow. All right, Great so job. That was the stream of consciousness round. And now we're just going to go on to one last round of five questions. And this is the missing link. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar with the missing link, there are going to be five answers to these five questions. And all of the answers together are going to form a theme. And um, you can work together on the theme whenever you, uh, whenever you want to, if you ever have a, a guess at it, just, you know, just decide to tell me what it is whenever you want. That's fine. We're uh, letting the, the, the listening audience try to figure it out too. So, um, so you might want to take some notes on the answers on these. And the theme is carried through the answers, the questions are either only through the answers, just through okay. the answers. Yes. Okay. All right. So question number one in the missing link, this Buckeyes accolades include 2002 big 10 freshman of the year, 2002, all big 10, 2002 BCS national champion, 2001 Ohio Mr. Football and the proud owner of a Katana, a Zambato and a loaded AK 47 variant. Huh? A Katana, a Zambato loaded AK 47 variant. What does that even mean? It means exactly what it sounds like. He had a loaded AK 47. Hmm. Uh, for some reason, the first thing that came to mind was Michael Vick. I have no clue where he went to school. I just know he was involved in No, he was a Virginia Tech. Oh, okay. um, yep. A lot of games against WVU, so I know that one well. Um, so, sounds like it was someone who, who got into some shady stuff or his posts online, pictures of himself with weapons. Yikes. Um, 2002 yeah, BCS champion who was all everything. Mr. Ohio, 
Goodness, who were some famous Buckeyes from the early? I mean, Eddie George was, wasn't he? But that would have been early. Yeah, but I'm sure. goodness gracious, uh, yeah, that that can't be Eddie George, right? I just trying to shake the Ohio State names into our head here. Um, I was thinking Eddie George would be like late nineties too. Um, yeah, I think so. Who, who could that be? Okay, so I think we're punting, sadly, huh? Yeah. Should we go with Jackson or Johnson or just something and hope to strike a miracle? Okay. Lucky Johnson is our answer. All right. Well, um, they're, uh, he, he's from even um, closer to you, Scott, than, uh, than Ohio State. He's uh, famously from Youngstown, um, along with Jim Trussell, who both got there at the same time. This is Maurice... Claret. Claret. Oh, of course it's Maurice Claret. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I had forgotten all about Maurice Claret. Yeah. Of that perfect sense. Goodness all gracious. Right. So so far the theme-based answers are Maurice Claret. Okay. I've okay. got a thought already on the theme potentially, but you're a genius at this, Gary. So anything you want to kick around, go ahead and kick it around. Do we give it away if people are trying to get this on uh listening though if you can get it off the first clue that's just going to put you in very rarefied air and you know what well, too bad for the others if they're <laughs> it's it's probably not right but the claret jug is yeah. a uh sports trophy for uh golf, for golf. or something yeah it's, I think. The, it's, it's the it's the so, uh, british open or the open the championship open. so we, we could potentially be on sports trophies or something like that um there's how many questions five there are five, five yes i was so gonna say slam, but it's it could be if there's a stanley in there stanley cup it could be absolutely uh, yeah. the, the no. maurice end could also be just something silly like from steve miller band joker right i that's uh, where i was going was the maurice with the joker mm. that's where i was but i couldn't come up with I don't think uh, we're going to have a question about the pompatus of love anywhere in this set. <laughs> that's, so. It'll be a hard question to write. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's why I was asking if there was five, because I don't know if they can come up with five good things. So I'm kind of liking the, the trophy thing, the award. Yeah, I really like the idea of the claret jug. I'm yeah, the- almost positive that Maurice Claret was a midnight talker. <laughs> now that probably <laughs> chance. Yeah, the claret jug, first thing that came to my mind, but I think it's too early to make a call on anything. Yet. Okay. Okay, let's take another question. All right, and um, j- just to make it fair for everybody, I'm not going to ask for your answer till the end, but you can talk it out throughout. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Okay. All right, question number two. This current SEC offensive coordinator and member of the Belichick coaching tree somehow held on to an NFL head coaching job for six seasons and previously held the Penn State coaching job for one agonizing season. Uh, uh, no, who is the, who's the guy with, uh, Alabama now that was Steve, Steve, it's another S name. Spurrier? No, definitely not Steve Spurrier. Steve, Steve. it's like Stark, Sark, Sark, they call him Sark. It's, uh, is it, a trophy name? is it Steve Sarkeesian? I'm not familiar with that name. It's, oh. It's an NFL head coach for six seasons. I would have thought I would have at least heard of the name. I, I don't promise that, but why am I thinking Steve Sarkeesian? I know he's part of. I know he's part of the Saban uh, 
Uh, I know he's part of Alabama. Um, uh, there's also Charlie Weiss. I don't know if he's coaching anywhere now, but he's definitely from Belichick. Uh, and he was former pro coach. I don't know where he is now, though. I know he was Notre Dame coach for a while, but I don't remember the, the Penn State. All right. If, if the Tyus trophies, anybody named Stanley or Ryder or probably not Lombardi, but maybe. Or you can just go back to like golf and other tennis, maybe trophies. The Venus uh, Rosewater dish. Venus Rosewater dish. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the. And that may, may be leading us astray too. The Ryder Cup, Davis. Is there, is there any Wanamakers uh, <laughs> out there? Um, Davis is a very generic name. Butch Davis. But he was uh, with the Browns, right? Yeah, that I might be it. Davis that might is, be it. That's a, that's a good Butch one to Davis, throw into a puzzle Butch like Davis, this because it's not yeah. too giveaway of a name. Davis Cup, Butch Davis. It fits. And Butch Davis was a – he was the Cleveland coach. So it kind of fits. I think we might want to go with it. And he sure. said he ma- managed to stick on for six years as a coach, and I guess that could be a reference to how Cleveland is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's sure. go Butch Davis then. Or just Davis. All right. The correct answer is not Butch Davis. Ah, boo. Um, this guy we is a uh, one that we like to talk about on the show and wonder how in the world he still has a job. Um, this would have been the coach of the Texans, Bill O'Brien. Oh, Bill O'Brien. That's exactly right. Bill O'Brien. But it's definitely and trophies because Larry O'Brien. NBA, right? Larry yeah. O'Brien. NBA trophies, mm-hmm. Larry O'Brien. Uh, Larry yep. O'Brien was former commissioner of the NBA, so it's definitely that. That's the answer. Yeah, feeling, feeling good unless he's got a very clever trap set for us. We shall see. Those are fun. I, I love to set a good trap. So. <laughs> Question number three, and this one's actually going to go pretty quickly just because I know the three of you. These men all held which job? Landis, Chandler, Vincent, Jamadi. Uh, commissioner of baseball. They were all commissioner. And, yeah. A and, Bartlett, Giamatti. Yeah. yeah. And, and commissioner. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you are correct. It is. They were all commissioners of the Major League Baseball. And, and that is another trophy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Question number four. This head coach finished his career with a 73.8 winning percentage, two Super Bowl titles, and a 9-1 and one career playoff record. It's Vince Lombardi. Yep. Yes, you're right. It is Vince Lombardi. It's Lombardi. And this last question would have been a much better question had you not stumbled upon what you stumbled upon on the first question, Gary. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, but here's the last question, question number five. Although he would not be credited with the loss, it was his wild pitch that allowed Kevin Mitchell to score the tying run and surrendered the dribbler to Mookie Wilson that allowed Ray Knight to score the winning run in game six of the 1986 World Series, sinking the hopes of Red Sox Nation for another 18 years. Yes. I should know this. I've I've blocked this series out of my memory so badly. And again, back to trophies, Davis. Was it a Davis? I don't know the player, but Stanley Ryder. 
Venus. Clemens started the game. Clemens started the game, went in and, and shaved. Yeah. Uh, and famously shaved in the dugout. Don't remember who else threw in that game. Who else was on the team? There was like Oil Can Boyd, Calvin Schiraldi. Oh, who was it that gave up that dribbler? Uh, Hold on. Let's go through through the trophies for me. Yeah. What's our trophies we got left? We got Stanley. That's it. It's it's Bob Stanley. Sorry. Okay. Never. It's Bob Stanley. Would have got his name, but okay. Sure. Yeah, it's Bob Stanley. (laughs) And surprising to no one, the correct answer is Bob Stanley. Uh, like so I said, I've uh, blocked 86 out of my head so badly. that <laughs> Your theme-linked answers nice. were Maurice Claret, Bill O'Brien, Commissioner of Major League Baseball, Vince Lombardi, and Bob Stanley. And had Gary not clicked on to the Claret jug right yeah. away. Uh-huh. We I mean, I heard Claret, and that was the only thing that came to mind. Claret is just such a specific name. Yeah, I was cheating with that one a little bit because yeah, I said the pronunciation exactly, which is why exactly. I made it the first one. But yes, you are all correct that they were all names of trophies. Ah, uh, we should have gotten Bill O'Brien, but other than that, good job. Bill O'Brien should have been got him. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name of that trophy till I, I heard remember it. Remember him it with was. Penn State, but as soon as you said, I was like, "Yep, he's a Penn State guy." Yep. Crap. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, honestly, this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that we uh, that we did this. And thank you guys for coming on and uh, helping me to uh, fill in a week of uh, bench warmers while the rest of the bench warmers are on vacation. Um, giving up your time tonight. We were I'm very, very, very appreciative of it. Uh, this is a heck of a good time. I really appreciate this. This was a good time. Man. Always a good time hanging with teammates. I uh, appreciate everybody popping on here, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Thanks for having me. Yes. Great time. Thanks a lot. It's good. That uh, certainly reminds me all the things that I can't remember anymore. <laughs> well, you, you, you three did very, very well at the, the stream of consciousness questions and you, you killed the missing link. So um, excellent job. And um, I just, again, want to thank Gary and Scott and Greg for coming on and for uh, coming up with all those uh, great questions that we threw around and um We'll be back next week with another um, actual game of Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. But until then, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.